1: And we're back, folks, another edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider coming off of a huge visit weekend for the Maize and Blue. Guys on tap, prospects on tap for a huge game, a huge victory. Anytime you beat your rival, even when they're down like Michigan State is right now, that is a pretty and a huge victory for the Maize and Blue. The atmosphere was outstanding. The atmosphere on this podcast is always outstanding because we have the best crew in the land, bar none, if you want the latest and the greatest in football, basketball, and recruiting, the Michigan Insider is where you should go. Joining me as they do for every episode, the man himself, Mr. Steve Lorenz. Steve, how are you?
2: Good guys. Hope you guys are well. Hat and your chair? How's your chair doing? <laughs> Squeaky as hell. Still. You know, I'm gonna say is I'm just not gonna change. Maybe when they lose, <laughs> I'll switch it. We'll just play. We'll play it like that. How about that? Right. It ain't going anywhere.
1: Right, and what, Mr. Bryce, marriage, couple weeks into into marriage now. How you doing, Bryce? Good, good. It's,
3: uh, it's been a fun couple weeks, and I I was telling Steve last podcast, I said, you know, right after coming back from Hawaii, I thought I could just ease into recruiting and not much be happening, and lo and behold, I'm sandwiched in between the Penn State game and the Michigan State game, which has been just, you know. A bit of news has happened.
0: Yeah,
1: no doubt. No doubt. And you're on the field. Did you, were you aware when you were on the field that something was going on in the tunnel? Or did you find that out after the fact?
3: So, I saw the aftermath, essentially, because I kind of linger around. The recruits are kind of, you know, leaving the field from the opposite side on Michigan's sideline. And they cross, you know, midfield and then go through the tunnel. So I kind of lingered around and, you know, all the recruits pass. And then I was walking in and I saw one, of the Michigan players kind of like stumbling and I'm like, Hmm, that's interesting. He looks kind of wobbly, you know? And next thing I know, I saw all the shouting and someone saying, where's the cops? And it was just, it was melee in the tunnel, mm-hmm. you know? And then you see the first thing I'm sitting in there because, you know, we're the photographers were right there. We're, the visitors' uh, post-game press conferences. So Mel Tucker enters, and I just flip up my phone, and I'm like, you know, I might want to stay for
2: this. (laughs)
3: And uh, lo and behold, first question is, whoa, what do you think about the fight? And I'm like, fight? I'm like, well, what fight? I was like, I didn't see any fight during that game. I'm like, I don't know what, what fight you're talking about. And so, you know, he got several questions about it. You know, obviously at the time, he didn't know about it. Um, or that's what he said,
1: Said so. right, right, right. Well, but yeah, it was, it was pretty crazy. It was, uh, in a very, very, very crazy sideline. I mean, it was packed and we'll get into that shortly before we do I want to remind you guys, if you like this podcast, be sure to rate it, be sure to review it, be sure to tell all your friends about it. That's if you're listening to us on Google stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, you name it, tell them to subscribe to the, uh, uh to the podcast and, they'll get a notification every time a new episode goes up a, a wide range of programming from analysis, recaps, previews. You can't you can't get enough of the podcast channel. Of course, we also have a lot of content on our video channel. Of course, this is where a lot of you are seeing this over on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe to the channel, like the videos. You'll get notifications there also and of course whenever you want to see what we're doing, you can always find it over on the MichiganInsider.com. That is the one-stop shop. That's where everything goes down. That's where you can find our podcasts, our videos, all of our written content, which is the majority of what we do. The VIP message board where the intel flows, if you're a Michigan fan, one dollar gets you in your first month, you'll be hooked. And after you become a full paying member, you also get access to Paramount Plus. It is great bang for that buck. But let's get right into it. So Bryce, as we lean into the weekend, I I almost feel like we got to start off talking about these crystal ball calls you made coming out of the weekend. The the bevy of crystal balls, it seems, from you.
3: Yeah, so obviously I didn't go ahead and put in the Jane Davis one. I know Steve did, Steve Wolfong, but I didn't put that one in. I still feel really good, actually better coming out of that visit. Um, But it's just one of those things where... I'm going to take the backseat in terms of this recruitment and kind of put in my crystal ball. and I feel a little more confident there, but I mean overall, I feel pretty good coming out of this visit. But yeah, I put in a trio of crystal ball, starting with the biggest, uh, Bray pre scoring a guy Sam you and me have seen from Rochester Adams, a top 100 tight end in the 2020 2024 class here in state. He's the guy at 6'6", 215 physically impressive he can go up and get the ball um unique you know style of play somewhere it's funny because you watch Roche- Ro- rochester adams and they play like a wing t mm-hmm. kind of offense you don't really get to see him utilize that much but when he does get the ball thrown to him you can see why he's so highly regarded mm-hmm. he's got about 25 offers but again he's the guy that Michigan has been on for quite some time doesn't talk too much about his recruitment or just about anything in general.
1: Yeah, man. Um, you almost got to go see him. You got to go see you, him you to, you to, to hear from him. I, but, you know, that's how you learn that, like, this was his fifth visit to Michigan. His
3: second game visit, fifth visit. Yep. And so, Grant Newsom has been doing an excellent job in this recruitment, has formed a really good relationship, not only with him, but his family. And he, uh, I know Steve had posts on the VIP board there, but the week prior, he was supposed to go to the whiteout. He did not make that visit. Instead, a week later, he comes for the big in-state robbery here for the Michigan-Michigan State game. So I really like where things are going. That had been trending in a good way regardless. And coming out of it, i have just been hearing really good news. Obviously, I haven't personally talked to him quite yet. Mm-hmm. I will get around to seeing him once again, but... Yeah, that that's a huge crystal ball and much needed news, and especially big thing. Again, when I went to see him, and I'm, when you went to see him too, tight end usage. You know, oh my I god, mean, I mean, there was there was plays where they had four tight ends. And, I mean, it's like how can you not be enamored and you know enticed with what Michigan does with the tight end? So I know that's a big selling point for him. Um, the other two, one was another in state kid. A okay, kid that Sam, you kind of noted to me. Of you know, you might want to mm-hmm. just kind of you know, read the tea leaves here. Check him out and see what you think of him. It's Jalen Todd from Southfield, Michigan? He's a 2024 defensive back, plays corner, six foot one sixty five, has pretty good length, um, very good coverage skills, and he's the guy that Michigan offered after seeing him at camp. Steve Klingscale really was impressed with his play, especially seeing him up close and personal during the summer. He's been up to campus a couple times, and after this visit, I, you know, caught up with him again, and he said, listen, this—I loved everything about Michigan from the culture, the campus, how they treat the recruits, how they re, uh, treat the family. Everything about Michigan checks every box, and like." And Michigan right now is the top of my list," he said. So I submitted a crystal ball prediction for him as well. And the third one, and I kind of talked about for the preview visit, um, visitor, you know, uh, list for last podcast was Luke Hamilton, a 2024 offensive tackle from Ohio. He's a four-star, and he's got a bunch of the offers. A lot of highly touted, a lot of big-time offers. He doesn't have Ohio State offer, which was a while. It was a little leery. I did a little more research, a little more digging into that. And even though he doesn't have that offer, and even though he could potentially get that offer down the road, I felt confident enough after learning some other stuff that Michigan has put in the work. They made him a huge priority in this recruiting or for next cycle to the point of where, I think they're going to be tough to beat, even if he does get the house date offer. So obviously, though, coming out of the visit, he told me Michigan was at the top of his leaderboard. So that made it a little more easier for me to put in that crystal ball. But those were three, um, you know, I put in and obviously Alan put in two. Steve put in the big one. And there's a lot of good news coming out of it. No commits. But again, a lot of crystal ball predictions.
1: Yeah, you feel like they're on the verge. Herser, Priest, corn. Uh, you know he checks a, the game I went to. They actually threw it to him a good deal. Um, he he had a couple oh, touchdowns so in games. that game, <laughs> <laughs> right? He, he he caught a couple touchdown passes in that game. You got a chance to see a dude has some fight in him. Like he had to match up with Amir Herring for an entire half. We kind of talked about it, and you know that's a tough that's a tough battle. I mean Amir is physical. He's a mauler. He outweighs him by like fifty sixty pounds, maybe more. Uh and Amir definitely got the better of that matchup, but you saw priestcorn keep keep fighting. You, you saw him. He had a couple of batted balls in there. You learn a lot about his tenacity. He's going to, when he gets to the next level, you're going to see him pack on a good 20, 25 pounds, but can run, is physical. You like his attitude, uh his mentality on the field. He can be an in-line guy who can also flex. Really, really good fit, especially with Michigan's tight end usage. I told you, Jalen Todd. I said, I think they leave for him. We need to go check him out, and lo and behold, that that certainly seems to be the case right now. I, you know, I'm interested to see what you guys think, and we'll come back to talking about Ohio recruiting because it really feels like that's that's more of an emphasis. But but Steve, I want to use this as an opportunity to kind of segue into the biggest crystal ball of them all. You know, Steve Wilfong typically when he drops a crystal ball, it's about it's about it. he, he reflects the leaderboard, that he goes with the ebbs and flows of recruits, which is that's his method. Everyone has different ways of doing it. I typically drop a crystal ball when I think it's a guy, hey, the odds of him going to Michigan or Ohio State or whatever, if it's greater than 60%, 60% or greater, that's when I'm dropping a crystal ball. So it's less about, hey, this is the team that's leading right now, more about I think he's going to go to that school. I think this one is a bit different, though, when it comes to Jaden Davis, because you know his crystal ball on Jaden Davis actually comes at a time where he's getting closer to a decision, and he's coming off of what his fourth visit to Michigan. Steve, this is—I I think that the tea leaves on this one are a lot stronger with with Jaden than your typical Steve Wilfong um, crystal ball, because it, it seems like it's coming close to a decision.
2: I think it definitely was. I think uh, the there was almost a – our board had a conspiracy theory developing as to why Steve, you know, likes to put in crystal balls based off the pulse of the recruitment but hadn't put one in for Jaden Davis yet. I think it's because he – you know, there were still visits. He still was – he's had dialogue with other schools too. Uh, but I think this return visit maybe really put Michigan in a, in a safe, safer pull position uh right what do we think like maybe tennessee maybe maybe clemson tennessee. clemson yeah, clemson probably still around a little mm-hmm. bit i know they're after a couple other guys too uh, i think it's what we talked about before about michigan's kind of been the constant up here at the top it's really been the question has been who's the other school you know it was georgia for a while i know north carolina was kind of involved a little bit penn state uh, Clemson as well now Tennessee it's like it's like a different school sort of coming to the forefront to challenge Michigan uh, but here he is up on campus again both night games this year so he's seen the, he's seen a solid atmosphere seen a couple dominant wins so yeah I don't i I would agree i would I would say this is a different crystal ball than what we might normally see uh coming out of the weekend from knowing the way that Steve does his crystal balls uh this one's more noteworthy than maybe. Uh, some of the other
1: ones So the automatic question I'm sure I'm going to get Well Sam Why didn't you put in A crystal ball um, You know Understanding That this one Is is Probably more Aligned This crystal ball From Steve Is probably more aligned With where the kid Is most likely Going to go Because uh, As I As you'll see Or as you've seen On the michiganinsider.com I definitely think Michigan leads For, for Jaden Davis I mean Firm Leader Jaden Davis why did I not go uh, you know across the crystal ball sort of ledge because you know there's there's one element that I think uh, a, a team might be able to to kind of pry him open with right it, it's something that it is it, more it's easier to address it on the field but it can be addressed in some conversations, right? Either way, I think it's going to have to be addressed, and that's the the passing game. You know, he he came and saw a raucous atmosphere against Michigan State. Uh, you know, but uh, he saw a win, an imposing win. He did not see much receiver involvement. He did not see much downfield passing game, uh, and it's not like the the, the receivers have been. Um, you know, it's not like they've been targeted twelve of or less than fifty percent of the time in every game, but it it hasn't been the sort of aerial presence that we've seen at least even at times last year with Michigan offensively, but let let alone some of the other games that he's seen. I mean, he was down in Bama, Tennessee. He saw team, I mean, he saw it being flying all over the yard. So my gut tells me that they have questions about that like is you know what is Michigan's passing offense how much how how much of a of a focus will there there be uh on on the downfield passing game i mean will will the emphasis be not just run heavy but super run heavy you know will the will the focus of the passing game be mostly tight ends and running backs i think these are the kinds of questions that apply to Jaden Davis, that if, you know, it's not like the season's over, There's, uh, you're eight games in, so uh, y- you understand why the questions are there, but you can still provide some answers over the last month or two of this season where, conceivably, you're going to need to, you know, air it out a little more to beat it in Ohio State down in Columbus or to win a playoff game or two, right? So, <laughs> to lock him up. I think that is something that has to be addressed, and I think it's something, fellas, quite frankly, that is a recruiting question, not only for other prospects in the class, so other receivers, other in in twenty three and twenty four, we see Ryan Wingo. He's coming off of this visit. A lot of this, all the talk is Tennessee, right? Are you surprised? All the talk is Tennessee coming off the. I mean, Tennessee is throwing it all around the yard, uh, but also your own roster, Steve and Bryce. I mean, that is, that's the part of recruiting that we probably need to lend more of a voice to. Like, recruiting now is, is not just recruiting prospects. It's recruiting your own roster. And while I do not believe for a second you have any guys on the team, you're winning, you're 8-0, you got all team guys, they aren't complaining, they're all, you know, go go blue, go team. But I think it'd be naive to think, that you don't have some guys saying, well, man, you know, I'm talking about receivers. Man, what's my role in this? I, I have a role, but it's n- maybe not the role that I envisioned as as a, in my track to the NFL. I'm I'm more of a wide blocker in some games than I am a wide receiver, and that's going to make it a little harder maybe to keep some of those guys in the fold if that's going to be their role in perpetuity, if you, if you get my meaning. I don't know what you guys think about that.
2: Uh, it's hard not to agree, right? And I think, like, the one thing I've been going back to now with Michigan State and the rearview mirror, I think these next two weeks are a really big opportunity. Uh, you know, I think fans fans have been just wanting to see Michigan throw the ball more for, for McCarthy's sake, for him to put up big numbers, for quarterback to put up. But, but for me, yeah, I mean, you know, to me the, the goal of the next two weeks should be simple. I mean, Michigan will be heavy favorites in both games. It should be do enough for Coram to keep him in the Heisman conversation, but lower his workload to keep him fresh for Illinois and Ohio State to finish out the year. So by, by effect, that means, you you know, this would be the two-week stretch to start winging the ball around and show that you're able to, you know, you have a multifaceted attack offensively because, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I think we look at the depth that receiver – uh, as being a, a really big strength for Michigan this season, and I think it still is. We just really haven't seen much of it in action uh, in in actual games, right? I mean, they've they've really been able to kind of win football games the same way they, that they did last year, but I mean, I'd almost argue they've even gone further away from the passing game in a lot of instances than they did last season. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, we you know. I've picked Andrell Anthony as a breakout every week just because I'm waiting for him to like, for them to like, please like throw him the ball, get him the ball. I don't know. I know Sam, you mentioned you and Devin Gardner talk about the fade pass Mm -hmm. in the red zone. Like what, you know, he's, he showed that last year. I think he made a touchdown catch on a, on a fade ish type play with McCarthy at Michigan state last year. Like, you know, I don't know. I, agree. I think the next two weeks are important, though, for them to to utilize these guys a little bit more, build their confidence, and and just kind of keep keep Blake Corum a little more fresh heading into the home stretch.
1: Yeah. So that, look, it's winning is the most important thing. So let's not get away. I, I don't want to be misconstrued here. You got to win the games. That is the most important thing. The question is, can you can you win the games? And incorporate all of your weapons, uh, you know, more equitably than you have to this point. Uh, that is a it's a reasonable question to ask when you talk about you know the way your your roster breaks down. You know, it may be the case that the the way that they're winning games, it might be good enough to not only beat Ohio State at Ohio State, it might be good enough to win a national championship. I I, I think. I personally think they're going to have to be able to throw it more than they than they've shown to this point, but it remains to be seen. But here's what I I am confident in being the case is if that is the way if if that's going to be the the model for success, this this level of run emphasis compared to the receivers roles as pass catchers in the offense, I do not think A wide receiver room with the depth that it has now, the depth of talent that it has now, I don't think that's sustainable. And which would be fine. I mean, if you're if you're pivoting, you know, sort of the, you know, what the model for your offense kind of looks like, I I just don't think you have all Americans sitting on the bench. You might have all Americans as your, you know, as your as your X and Z, uh, but I don't think you're not in the day and age of the transfer portal. I just don't think you have. A lot of those guys sitting around waiting their turn, you know, waiting their turn within the offense and waiting their turn from, you know, it'll be me next year or in two years from now. I just don't think that's sustainable, Bryce.
3: No, and, I, you know, I think even looking ahead to next year, uh, just with so much young talent you have, and especially with the running back room, if you lose Corum, I mean, when you think you'd have to kind of throw it a little more, you know, and who knows what's going to happen with Eric Hall and his decision as well. So, um, but going back in terms of recruiting, yeah, it's been kind of a struggle trying to recruit wide receivers just because they don't have the numbers when, you know, you watch a game against like Tennessee and Alabama, it's, you know, right down the field, right down the field, right down the field. It's big passes, you know, and it's, these guys, some some of these guys are averaging five, six, seven catches a game. You know, I mean you're looking at guys even like Charlie Jones, I think um from Purdue,
1: to Iowa. Yeah, yeah. I'll come on. Come uh, on. I, that, but I'm just saying. You're Purdue, I'm just but saying. Purdue don't rise. Okay, so look, what we're I'm just
3: saying some of these schools, <laughs> right? I hear you. I'm just saying. I hear because, you. You know, obviously, you're not going to make all these wide receivers happy.
1: I yeah. That, so I guess you know. you know there there has to be there's going to be there's, there's an in between be a middle ground. Yeah, there's, there's an there's in be between a between, between right. what they are think, at Purdue, right? Some between twelve think, targets, because just to give people. Some context here: There are 26 targets in the last game. Twelve of them were to receivers. the The other 14 were to the backs and, and tight ends. And there, are some to your point, some of these programs, one receiver gets 12 targets. Let alone the whole group get 12 targets, right? Yeah. So, you it's know, just... an in between is is I think going to be part of the challenge for for them. And not compromise their ability to win. At the end of the day, if you think that's going to compromise your ability to win, you got to do what you got to do to win games. But understand that, I mean, having how many All Americans are on the bench? You know, so you got Tyler Morris, who's an All American, um, Marion Walker's an All American, Darius Clemens is an All American. I, I just don't think you're going to see. You're not going to see All Americans just hanging out on on the bench, chilling. Yeah, hey, that's just. I don't think you'll you'll see that if if this is sort of the the offensive approach henceforth and forevermore.
3: I think too the other thing is all right, if this is our concept, and this is kind of how we want to play the game and this is how we want to win football games moving forward, then you really need to hit on running back recruiting and offensive line recruiting because if that's the name of the game for you, that's where it, needs to be your bread and butter if wide receivers you're not going to have as many because you're i don't know if you're ever going to have a a cupboard this stocked and this full of talent again you know this is pretty loaded so i think that's the other thing to note yeah well here's
1: a glass half full steve because you know we've been talking about nick harbour for a long time right nick harbour i'm thinking more and more his decision going to go into january so this won't be an early uh signing period guy most likely but man, can you imagine him in a in a flex role? with with their the way they use their their tight ends their you know that can you imagine him on a wide lake? can you imagine him uh flexed out on some of these uh on some of these seam routes that they send their tight ends on i mean this this offense should look even more appealing to a guy like like Nick harbor and Nick harbor it was already appealing to them there should be like salivating on what he could possibly do in this offense.
2: Yeah, I mean, use him the same way they've been using Colston Loveland so far this year, right? Mm-hmm. Like a similar idea. And Harbor, <clears throat> you know, would walk onto campus as one of the best athletes on the team, if not <laughs> the best overall, just at pure athleticism. Uh, he'd be right at the top of the list. So, yeah, I mean, that's what Michigan's got to do. I think, I think where fans, I think, are getting a little – Leary a little uptight, we haven't really seen the returns on the offensive line recruiting and or running back maybe. I mean, Cole Cabana, I still think Cole Cabana is much a dual receiver running back type. I don't know if he's a 25 carry guy like Blake Corum has shown to be. Um, I think the jury's still out on Benjamin Hall, uh, you know, how big of a role he can play. Uh, We just haven't seen the returns at back. An offensive line I think Michigan fans have expected given the way that they have been winning. So yeah, I mean, tight ends are one spot where they look good. I see, yeah, I agree. Harbor throw him in the mix there. Potentially you have one of the best uh, tight end rooms in the country the next couple of years. Uh, and with what they should do in 24, we got, we got to talk about Brady pre So yeah, interesting times. You know, it's like, I think it's uh still not it's still a ways till signing day but it's not i guess there's like there's that period of time where the, there's still a lot that can happen but it is getting a little late and uh we're now coming out of another official visit weekend where it's unclear if they're going to get any of the guys that they hosted officially in 23.
1: Mm-hmm. all right so how about this Since it's, it's a great time to segue and talking about some of the other, the other visitors, especially offensive linemen. So let's pause for the cause. And when we come back on the other side, we will pick up on some of those other big-time visitors. Like, literally big-time, huge visitors when we return here on the Michigan Recruiting Insider.
0: eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love,
1: All right, fellas, and so recruiting and offensive line focus, uh, this was a significant one considering three top 247 talents on campus, Caleb Lomu, Spencer Fano, DJ Chester, all out-of-region guys, all guys that, you know, if you're fair to say Michigan trailing uh, and probably trailing significantly on uh but you brought them in uh, for a big time visit weekend the offensive line was was one of, among the stars yet again so what do you think and I'll start with you Steve uh the west coast guys Caleb Lomu Spencer Fano are you feeling more optimistic about Michigan's chances after this I mean what do you what do you think about where Michigan stands with those guys now
2: uh, I guess maybe more optimistic in that they visited, but otherwise, uh, not particularly necessarily. You know, I think Lomu still has an official to USC coming up. USC's kind of been viewed as at or near the top for him throughout. So the fact he's taken an official there after seeing Michigan, I think is, you know, not a good thing. Obviously, if you're Michigan and then with Fano. 've talked we've quietly kind of talked quite a bit about that recruitment and and the good and the bad in Michigan's uh, situation there you know they do have a couple little wild card type deals in, in their favor there but but either either way you know Oregon's still heavily involved Utah BYU uh, he's taking an official visit to Clemson now so that did happen he was gonna he, Clemson offered him two weeks ago and they're getting an official visit out of him. So they're, they're now they're in it, you know? So, uh you know, I'm sure Michigan did well, but yeah, there's no concrete indicators that they're going to get either of those two guys right now. It's just, they're going to have to continue to fight and kind of see where each one goes.
1: I know you talked to Spencer's dad, Bryce, and that, Hey, I I, I kind of was raining on the parade a little bit earlier in that, in that recruitment saying There's just no, no way. Now this brother, at BYU, not being from Provo, no, no, no. But we we find out his dad is in in Michigan frequently on business. Uh, you know he's he's made it here. He he has another visit left, I think, to Clemson, and a decision coming uh, in a month. So you're you're still going to be fresh in his mind. I mean, what do you think about Michigan's chances with with Spencer and with with uh, Lomo too?
3: We'll start with Spencer. with Spencer. I You know, I think well, even with both visits, they definitely improved. They definitely improved their staying with each kid. Um, but going into the visit, and even with DJ Chester, I kind of felt like these out-of-region kids, it just was going to be a tough bowl. Regardless of kind of where they are at going into it, um, everything you wanted to show them, you kind of did. I know I, when I talked to Spencer's dad, he mentioned – Um, he made it, again, very clear that distance is not going to play a role in this, you know, his decision. And, you know, he wants to look at all the other factors when it comes to his college um, decision. But, you know, a big thing for them was mom. They wanted mom to check out campus. She definitely did check out campus. She really enjoyed her time there at Michigan. Um, And I think it's also, it's not just getting Spence, our board. I think it's getting the whole man board of you know if he does decide to go a separate direction it's all right because a guy that they had as his host you know Andrew Dentry kind of was in the same boat as him and so I think that was a very smart play by Michigan to show hey we've had guys in your role and your situation come here and Andrew made it very clear that he's enjoying his time in Michigan this was the best decision he made for him and his family as well. And I think that was very it was definitely a smart strategy move by Michigan. But I still see him staying on the West Coast. And even with Lomu, you know, Lomo, I I just feel like both of them right now it's gonna be a tough pull, regardless. And those are two recruitments, especially with Caleb Lomu, they got in a little later, you know, when you look at you know DJ Chester, they got in that recruitment a little later. And so one of the biggest fears, Sam, you pointed out, right when he got the co-OC job, Sherman Moore was, what's well, all now on his plate and everything he's got to handle. And that's not to say he's not recruiting offensive line at a high level, but it is taking, I think, more of a toll on his end to you know, reach out to these kids, stay in contact, and really attack certain guys. And I think it's also a little bad luck that some of these top guys are out of region. Whereas you look at the Midwest, there's not tons of top, you know, two, four, seven prospects along the offensive line. So there's all our there options they do have. I'm not saying they're out for the two of them. Obviously Chester, they're out for because he just committed to LSU. Um, but, you know, there's Nathan Afobi, who I still think they look very good for, Nick Faddick the texas tech commit i know he wants to make official visit eventually that i'm very high on as well and i think you could see them extend a couple more offensive line offers and then on top of that the two guys they do have committed are very good sam you saw ivan link mm-hmm. go up against nicholas Harbor, and he fared extremely well and then i just saw amir herring go against jalen thompson and he was physically dominant. I mean, he looked very impressive in that performance, even though West Bloomfield lost. So wasn't the greatest outcome in terms of three official visitors you
1: had this weekend? You know, but, did it did it come as a surprise that, that Chester it shouldn't come as a surprise. I mean, well, did it come as a surprise that, that Chester that it developed so so quickly?
3: I think in my opinion for that, I think he came in thinking, all right. If I love this, especially, and I know he enjoyed it, but I think he was comparing Michigan to LSU. Mm -hmm. I think him and his family came in thinking, okay, how is it going to compare and stack up to LSU? And obviously in the end, it wasn't enough. And I think that's why you saw the quick turnaround with that decision of why he decided to make a quick, you know, commitment right after his official to Michigan.
0: Yeah,
1: no doubt. All right. So uh, there were others that, that made their way, to town as, as well. There, there are too many to to really jump into, but we. I mentioned Ryan Wingo earlier in the in the deal here. Yeah, uh, really, really yeah. looking like you know some early momentum. They just weren't able to carry it. They just weren't able to carry that early momentum that they have. Because I thought when I went to see him this summer, and Steve, you talked about it. I mean, he he raved about his connection with with uh, Jay Harbaugh, uh, but. Man, it's it's hard for a receiver to not be impressed with what's going on with you know Hendon Hooker and that that high powered offense down at at Tennessee. They're they're riding the wave of this instant momentum, right? And I, it, it's a segue, it's a segue of sorts because I keep getting that question. I know you guys do. I was speaking to a class at Michigan yesterday, and one of the guys in the class files recruiting. He said, "So when is all this success gonna turn into some?" It's just, it's just some recruits. So coming out of the weekend, Steve, do you, other than the guys that we talked about, that we've talked about already, do you feel like Michigan has gained significant momentum with any of the other visitors that were on campus last weekend?
2: I mean, it feels a lot more like with 24, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like, is 23 going to be a little, a bit of an anomaly class? I mean, it's, I think we have to open ourselves up to the possibility, you know, uh, that it's, or at least that it's a greater possibility as of now. I mean, there are still some top guys at certain positions that they're still, you know, in, in contention for, but, you know, not as much We're, you know, they go to playoffs last year, they're undefeated top five team this year. We're really not, seeing nearly the returns that you would normally see for maybe literally any other team in the country that has done that in the same time period uh, that we're seeing for Michigan. It's really more with the 24s, you know, guys like uh, Amarion Stewart. I know Sam, Mm -hmm. you know him really, really well, like Mm -hmm. his game. He's a guy. uh, We mentioned Luke Hamilton up front offensive lineman out of Ohio, you know, the crystal balls are kind of going in there. Um, You know, just Jordan Marshall, the running back out of Cincinnati Moeller, was on campus as a kid that you know I think Michigan is it's probably made a decent move for uh you know he's one of only a few of the backs that they're recruiting in the in the cycle uh but it feels like Michigan's got more than a puncher's chance uh in that one so you know there are guys uh, and, and guys who were up over the weekend but it's definitely more 2024 20, 2025 20, Heavy. I mean, you know, Allen's two crystal balls coming out of the weekend were twenty twenty, twenty-five mm-hmm. recruits, you know, nothing from twenty-three and twenty-four, which still good, but you know, not what fans are are wondering about and hoping for coming off, like I said, a playoff appearance and so far a, a dominating eight 0 start to to this season. So it it's never easy. It feels, it feels like there's always something, right. We've talked about that before. Just It can never be as easy it is, as it seems to be for other top programs around the country. Uh, Michigan, it just always seems to be something, uh, you know, so yeah, just we'll have to see where 24 goes, but yeah, a lot of question marks now to finish out the 23 cycle. for sure.
1: Yeah. You're looking at, I mean, Nick Harbor was huge before it is, I, as other guys fall off the board, just the importance of him, at least as far as the, the you know the, the strength of the class is concerned is you know if you if rankings mean anything to you. Nick Harbor's importance uh, is amplified. Same thing with a guy like Jair Hill uh, who Illinois has made this uh, a knockdown dragout. It's been a battle royal with Illinois because I, as I said on the, my appearance on the 24/7 uh, recruiting show, it's like you know they aren't the, the smelly fat kids. Like you know, fans like Illinois, that's no, it's not like that anymore. I mean, they're probably gonna win the West. They're a legit team showing him some success and they're closer to home. So that has become a real struggle to to land that recruit. Uh and then after that, I mean you're you're looking to maybe maybe catch some, some lightning in the bottle like they did with some guys. Toward the end of last year's cycle, like you know, they were able to pounce on a Darius Clemens a little bit later on in the in the process. Can you go back out west and do that again with a guy like Roderick Pleasant? You know, is 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 it possible? If it's me, I said this before. I'm trying to get I'm trying to get Nick up and Roderick up at the same time. I mean, if Nick, if they didn't have a, a you know a conflict set, if he had fright, if if he could have gotten in the town on a Saturday morning, if it's a Friday night uh, affair and a Saturday morning and and be able to fly in Saturday morning for last, last weekend's game, Nick would have been here. I talked to his track coach, uh, you know, Pam fish said, Hey, we were supposed to be there. Just couldn't, couldn't get it to work out scheduling wise. So what that says to me is he is open to taking another visit, even to the university of Michigan. I'm trying to put out all the stops for that, uh, for that Illinois game in a couple of weeks, but look, I do want to give folks some – there were some some other positive vibes coming out of the weekend. Amarion um, Stewart is one that you mentioned. He's getting more and more comfortable on campus, right? Justin Scott, his first visit to campus, guys, he is – I mean, that dude is so immensely talented. He is a national prospect, and I, I keep harping on this point. I would be surprised, very surprised, if he leaves this region. I think it's going to come down to Notre Dame, who's he, who he's visited more than these other schools. Michigan, who he just came, who he just visited. You can check out the story over on the michiganinsider.com. Just came, uh, had an outstanding visit. Mom was on the visit. She is huge in the academics. Think about where he goes to school in Chicago. Not a traditional powerhouse down there. There are other football uh, programs that you could go to that his profile would be bigger in. No, nope. he's staying at, a, at Ignatius where, hey, the the it's about sports, but it's really about the academics. And then Ohio State, that's where he's headed next. Larry Johnson all over this young man, a really good vibe with, with him. And so that's who you're, you're battling. And this is one where Mike Elston, Bryce, Mike Elston, going back to his time at Notre Dame where he met, Justin Justin came come on a visit to Notre Dame and they sort of started building a rapport. He was able to carry that over to Michigan, and this is the first time they were able to get face to face again. But that's a real connection. And Mike Elston has been doing a bang up job uh, coaching. I think his he has been he has been one of the better assistant coaching hires in terms of impact coaching that I've seen Michigan have in recent years. And then he's getting it done on the recruiting trail you can't say you can't say anything about defensive line recruiting bryce anything bad anyway no
3: no no he's i mean if you were to say the b is positive looking at this twenty twenty three class it's gotta be up front along the defensive line that's all thanks to him you know and also Dylan roney as well um,
1: absolutely absolutely recruiting. good shot
3: I'd say have been rock stars but uh yeah Justin Scott getting him up to campus. He's been a, a five-star out of the Chicago area there. Huge. I think he's like 6'3", 3'10". he can I know, move. And he can move. And the biggest thing is you don't see those type of kids growing trees in the Midwest. Right. And so that's why if you can keep him home, that's a huge win. I know, obviously, in the middle there, and he's for next cycle, but Michigan just lost one of their top targets to Ohio State. Uh, Kaden McDonald just yeah. coming to the Buckeyes. Uh, but – The Wolverines did have some positive news in the 2023 class. Two guys commit elsewhere take visits this weekend, starting with Trey Pierce, the guy they offered October 22nd. Mike Elston liked he's committed to Wisconsin. Um, He's from Oakland, uh, Illinois, a guy that's been committed to Wisconsin for quite some time. But again, we, we talked about Michigan kind of looking guys committed elsewhere and potentially trying to get the spatula out and flip him, He's one of the candidates to do so. And so he recently got that offer right away, made a trip up there. I know he's kind of in the Wayne C mode to see who gets that job at Wisconsin right now. Jim Leonard is the interim coach, but we're going to see who actually, if he gets that tag off him or not, but he enjoyed his trip so much. So that he told me he's planning on taking an official visit and coming back to Michigan Later on, before he makes a decision and ultimately signs out of school. And then the guy that really, I think, is very intriguing that came up was Darius Taylor. Yeah, that's really interesting. The a local in-state guy. Yeah. He's committed to Minnesota. He's kind of a bigger bowling-style type of back. But in terms of production, Sam, let me read off what he's got right now. He's got 2,200 rushing yards this season. 32 touchdowns and 250 receiving yards. So he's getting it done, you know, and if you watch him play, you're like, oh my God, this is like, he's just built for Michigan. This Mm -hmm. is exactly the type of running back you love to see. And so Mike Hart, as much as the outside noise and people on the outside give him crap for his recruiting, his recruiting efforts and prowess, He's quietly been putting in work behind the scenes with several of these guys. And Darius Taylor, out of Walled Lake, Michigan here, uh, Walled Lake Lake Western here, high school in Michigan, he's been doing a pretty good job with, along with Jordan Marshall that Steve kind of noted on as well, who came up this weekend. So they definitely have made progress with several of these guys coming out this weekend. It's a matter of putting the bow on all of them and sealing the deal and getting these commitments and ultimately the signatures. But yeah, we're going to see more and more guys coming up. You brought up Jair Hill. He's going to be coming up for the Illinois game. And I'm not saying whoever wins that game (laughs) is going to get him, but it's, it's kind of at the point where it's kind of important. The result of that game, I know he's going to be at Illinois this weekend, and then he's going to be at the Michigan game when he plays, when they play Illinois. Uh So that's very important for Michigan to make another strong impression not only on him, but his whole camp as well.
1: Yeah, no doubt. That is a huge recruitment. And then another point that you just made, I I do think that you'll see Michigan going back to the drawing board, so to speak, and looking at their early recruiting list. There's some guys that committed elsewhere. You know, what, what do they think? I, I mentioned that about Jalen Brown earlier in the process. If it's me, you know, I'm looking at some of the corners. That maybe came off the board and said, "Hey, hey, Daniel Harris, you know, I, yeah, I, I know it's I know it's UGA, but UGA has added three more corners. You, you still like it down there? I mean, you want to come up for a visit, kind of thing. I'm, if it's me, that's what I'm doing. I'd be surprised if Michigan isn't thinking the same way. So, you know, we'll we'll see, guys. Uh, that Illinois game going to be a a significant one uh, here in a couple of weeks. We'll." start previewing that of course this is going to be a big big trip because uh big visit weekend as far as our crew being out on the road uh 24 7 going to be all over You got a couple of games on the east coast we're going to hit a couple of games here in the midwest we're going to hit i know alan true's going to be out and about so a lot of guys to see you want to keep it locked uh updates galore when it comes to justin scott uh the providence day trio uh as well uh, we had uh, Gene Hankerson, Mean Gene, was over at seeing Philly Roman Catholic last week against St. Joe's. So we got some feedback from that. Is he, how do you say the kid's name, Emilio? How do you say it, Bryce? Because you just wrote I think him up. It's, yeah, I think it's Emilio Agard. Emilio. Emilio Agard. So, yeah, yeah, Gene went to see him last week. So we got a lot to come over on the michiganinsider.com You need to be there to check it out, though. Over on TMI, $1 gets you in your first month. Again, it is great bang for your buck when it comes to all of our podcast content, all of our video content, all of our written content, the VIP intel on the message board. You cannot beat it over on TMI. The analysis is second to none. Again, $1 gets you in your first month. Once you get hooked, and you will get hooked, you become a full-paying member. You also get access to Paramount+. Plus. You don't want to miss out, so get on over to MichiganInsider.com. Fellas, another outstanding time. Folks, until next time, thanks for watching another edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider.
4: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better